재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Good morning and welcome to The Bookend on TBS EFM 101.3 in the heart of Seoul, GFN 98.7 in Gwangju and 93.7 in Yeosu. It's Sunday, December 13th, 2015 and I'm your host, Jamie Chang. At the top of our show today, we have our Helen Cho bringing us the latest from the world of books followed by this week's roundtable on Korean literature translation. We'll be discussing Kim Yeonsu's novel and Jin Eun Young's poems with panelists slash translators Anton Her and Sophie Bowman. And for today's first chapter, I'll read from Pesua's Hwesekshi or Time in Grey. For today's music, we'll introduce singers of Korean descent, starting with All You Need Is Love by Korean indie duo J-Rabbit. You can learn how to play the game It's easy Nothing you can make That can be made No one you can save That can be saved Every Sunday, we start the show with our Helen Cho's hot new releases. Helen is a freelance translator and interpreter. Hi, Helen. Hello. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. All ready to talk about books and books and books. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually my birthday today. Oh, is it? Happy birthday. Thank you. I'm turning 33. Wow. Yes, I cannot believe it's already been 33 years. Wow, three decades and more. Yes, three decades and more. Such a long, long, long life, it feels. (laughs) So which hot new releases from the domestic book market do you want to share with us today, Helen? Well, that is a brand new bilingual book that explains traditional Korean culture. And it's called 10 Selected Topics from Korean Traditional Culture, Stories, Images and Lyrics. 한국 전통 문화 이야기, 글 이미지, 노래를 풀다, written by Kim Sukhyun. And this book gives an overview of the things that have now become so symbolic of Korea's traditional culture. So off the top of your head, you can think of things like kimchi, hangul, and taekwondo, and hanbok, and whatnot. Hanok. Uh, yes, yes, there yes. we go. And, yeah. <laughs> and they explain um, the history of current usage and references in modern culture in both Korean and English. So this book is especially useful for our English-speaking listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like a great intro to Korean culture book. Can you tell us about the structure of this book? Well, the book juxtaposes chapters written in the two languages, Korean and English, and the two versions explain each subject matter in slightly different ways. They're not exact translations 
translations of one another, which I think is a great idea. Mm, I, I agree. <laughs> As a translator myself, right. um, it's so difficult to stick to the Korean original 100% sometimes. Right. I think with, with books like these, it's better to put the explanation in separate languages that were written by separate people mm. who were able to explain it better in each language, right? And more naturally as yes, well. Yes, yes. It sounds more natural. So this book focuses on the cultural and artistic aspects of Korean traditional. Um, it gives you information on ancient Korean furniture, architecture, publications and myths, such as the 10 symbols of longevity in Korea. And this includes... Um, Um, the, the list includes animals such as the crane and turtle and natural elements like bamboo and water. I did not know that there were as many as 10 symbols of longevity in Korea. I knew about the, the, um, the turtle and the crane because there was a joke about naming your child after people and things that lived long, you know, like Medusala. Mm. And I think the joke name began with like Kobuki wa Turumi. Turtle and the crane. Yes, the turtle and the crane. Um, can you name some of the other 10? Um, it just really put me on the spot here. Um, the deer, <laughs> the pine tree, the sun, the moon, okay. the Deers peach. Live long? I didn't know. The peach? I think okay. heavenly peach, not the just he- any peach. Okay. Tumble. Because <laughs> I, think, I was thinking yes. about the shelf life of a peach, yeah. and I'm like, I don't think they live that long. Yeah, I really should know because I actually translated a whole book on um, paintings of the symbols of longevity last oh, month. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, is it coming out? Through a publisher? Yes, um, in the next couple of months. I'll, oh, I'll let wow. you know. Oh, yes. wow. Yes, do, do let us know when the book comes mm-hmm. out. So what other topics does this book cover? So this book, 10 selected topics. Um, it's got some 300 pictures and scores for 10 English language songs in Korea. So it's a very easy, illustrative read. Mm-hmm. And, and this book could um, just serve as an introductory textbook for younger students studying Korean Uh, Korean culture or Korean literature um, or for adults who wish to gain a general understanding of the Korean culture. And it could even be an informative glossary for Koreans who want to Mm -hmm. learn more about traditional elements Mm -hmm. that still exist in everyday modern life. Is there another brand new title that goes well with the 10 selected topics? Yes, you should also get yourself a copy of the Korean Philosophy Sources mm. and Interpretations mm-hmm. edited by Yoon Sa-sun and translated by Son Yu-tek. Mm-hmm. And this book is a comprehensive chronological outline of Korean traditional philosophy. Um, it's a collaborative effort of some 39 scholars oh, of wow. Korean and East Asian philosophy. And um, they all sort of come together to highlight different theories from ancient to modern periods. Mm. And the purpose of this book is to reveal the originality of Korean philosophy and how it evolved independently from its neighboring countries. The originality of Korean philosophy. Aren't most philosophies enriched by the influence of neighboring countries? You would think so, but (laughs) not in the case of Korea, apparently. Oh, so how does the book go about arguing for the originality of Korean philosophy? Well, the writers have particularly focused on how traditional myths um, and different branches of philosophy like Buddhism, Taoism, Neo-Confucianism and Mm -hmm. the realist school of Confucianism all took on their own forms throughout Korean history. Mm. And they really try to, and I quote from the book, um, withhold their own opinions so as to paint as objective and accurate as possible a picture of the unique aspects of Korean philosophy. Mm. So this book really is an amalgamation of research um, categorized by ideology and time period.
Hmm. And is the book doing well in the market? Well, the Korean version of this book has long been used as a textbook for university-level philosophy courses. Oh, okay. So the English version now aims to serve as a guide for international students mm. seeking to gain an understanding of the uniqueness of Korean philosophy. Mm. It seems Korean culture is becoming increasingly accessible to those interested. I'm particularly glad that the same could be said about Korean literature. Yes, I am particularly glad as well. Yes, we're all glad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> To, more work yeah. for us. Yay, yes. yes. Or more translations to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad to share with you the news of the Korean Poet Times publishing Chong Ho-sung's poems every Thursday. Oh, okay. Um, well, Chong Ho-sung is one of my all-time favorite poets, both in English and Korean. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us more about Chong Ho-sung? Um, he is the one of the most widely read and well-loved poets in Korea today. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot because there is... There are just so many poems, <laughs> poets and <laughs> right, poems right, out right, there. Right. You go mm-hmm. to any bookstore um, in Korea and then you'll see there's a whole big section dedicated mm-hmm. to just Korean poetry. Mm-hmm. There was actually a, a boy who had a crush on me when I was in middle school and he gave me a little postcard with Tong Ho Sung's poem on it and it was very sweet. Oh, that's really yes, sweet. I, I didn't have tender feelings for him. But, <laughs> but <laughs> you fell for the poem anyway. Yes, yes. The poem was great. The boy was so so, yes. Anyway, so just going back to um, this celebrated poet, Chung Ho Sung, he was born in 1950 and grew up in Daegu. Mm-hmm. And he graduated with a degree in Korean literature from Gyeonggi University. And after graduating, he began to contribute to the literary magazine Anti Poetry or mm. Panshi mm-hmm. and gained recognition as a poet when he won the Spring Literary Contest or Shinchun Munye from Joseon Ilbo. Mm. Anti-poetry, can you tell us about that? So, Anti-poetry or Panshi uh, was a literary magazine founded in 1976 by a group of young poets who aimed to reflect contemporary life or what was going on around them through poetic expressions because mm. they believed that poetry was the one and only means of representing life. It was something, it was the last hope or the last prayer, if you like, um, that they could hold on to, mm. especially given the social or political climate of Korea at the time. Right, right. So they actually saw poetry as the foundation of every effort that they could make to restore order in the middle of the social chaos around them. Mm -hmm. So their philosophy could be summed up um, in the sentence that says, poetry is life, Mm -hmm. and they argued that poetry should be based on the contemporary social issues. Mm -hmm. It sounds like they were trying to bring poetry from a lofty place to something closer to issues that were important to them. Something very everyday that people right. can actually relate to. Right. And what other titles has he published? Um, he's been extremely prolific. I'll just give you um, one from each decade. Mm-hmm. Um, from sorrow one from to... each decade. Yes. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, he's been writing for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, his collection, uh, From Sorrow to Joy, Supumi Kipumege, came out in 1979. Mm-hmm. And um, in 1987, he published the collection Dawn Letters or Thibyok Pyanji. And in 1990 um, came Stars Are Warm, Pyodurun Tatatada. And more recent title um, I'd like to recommend is The Journey or Yoheng that came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he enjoys such tremendous popularity, especially in an age where poetry is seen by many as 
difficult and inaccessible. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that people see poetry as difficult because um, one of the, well, the reason why he's so popular with Korean readers, I think, is because his style is so familiar. You know, um, they have the rhythm of songs, mm. very easy to follow and accessible. Mm-hmm. And his vocabulary is chosen for its emotive nature. Mm. And he takes the everyday quotidian life of Koreans and it makes them into dramatic stories. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about his thematic materials? Um, his work expresses the joy and sorrow of life uh, in ways that are so accessible immediately to people of all ages. For example, um, one of his earliest poems, From Sorrow to Joy, um, it, he contrasts the selfishness that results from um, one's quest for happiness with mm. the realization that love goes hand in hand with sorrow after all because love is expressed through compassion. Wow, that sounds like a very dramatic yet unsurprising way of looking at love. Can you expand on what he means by that? Well, um, the poet Tang Wusun once said that there was no sorrow in any true love and he describes sorrow as um, love's mother and tears as love's father. Mm. And he um, really argues that love is great and beautiful only because it suffers. Oh, that's dark. Very dark. <laughs> yes. <but laughs> there is optimism, I promise you. Okay. Um, he talks about, you know, he focuses on poverty and alienation, but then his work presents these dark themes with um, such lyrical grace and mm-hmm. innocence and you know, the poetry of Chong Wusung does tell the story of a life tormented by the contradictions of reality. Mm-hmm. And there is the sense of nostalgia and melancholy because life is transient and love is uncertain. Right. But there is an unswerving sense of optimism uh, all throughout his works in the face of an uncertain future. Mm-hmm. Well, optimism in the face of an uncertain future sounds like a theme rife with poetic opportunities. Yes, he intentionally focuses on suffering um, in the hope that in despair some hope can be found and this can be um, become the basis of a more successful future. Um, right. in, in, 2000, in 2000 in Sydney, he um, gave a very moving talk at the World Congress Workshop. And mm-hmm. I'll just give you a full quotation because I think it's really um, touching this one. He said, I quote, Human life is inevitably a tragic existence. Poetry also cannot exist apart from its tragedy. All I wish to do through my poems is understand, express and comfort this human despair. If through my poems you can feel a tragic joy, a tragic ecstasy, then I can ask for no more. I think that poetry must be as warm and it must comfort and solace people. I also believe that anyone and everyone is a poet. Inside of everyone's heart are poems. All that I do is put those poems on paper for them. Oh, wow. Yes. So inside you and me, there are poems. You just have to look for them, (laughs) (laughs) put them down on paper. Right, right. So what else does he focus on? Um, He has a certain love for the land and its people. So he depicts the resentment and enmity that stirs in the hearts of farmers and workers Mm. whose um, roots have been taken from them in the sterile contemporary Korean society. Mm -hmm. So he talks about their attempts to resist and overcome these conditions and really celebrates their effort, really. Mm -hmm. That sounds like it's connected to his anti-poetry Mm, yes, magazine. Very right, much right, so right. about you know how to, um, sort of how poetry should focus on contemporary issues. Right, right. Can you give us an example of a poem where he does that? 
Well, going back to his poem, Sorrow to Joy, Super Mi g i b u m e g e he awakens the people to the fact that, you know, that we have within ourselves the strength that we need to fight the perpetual tragedy that consumes our life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is proof that the poetry of c h o n g Ho Sing is very much rooted in a foundation of optimism. And, mm-hmm. and it makes us, you know, hold on to our faith mm-hmm. in people. Let's hear a poem by by Chong Wosung. I'll I'll read one, and then and then you can read one. Okay, go on. The people I love. I do not love people who have no shadows. I do not love people who do not love shadows. I love people who have become the shade beneath a tree. Sunlight too needs shade to shine bright and dazzle the eyes. Sitting in the shade of a tree and watching the sunlight sparkling between the leaves, how beautiful the world is then. I do not love people who have no tears. I do not love people who do not love tears. I love people who have become one teardrop. Joy, too, is no joy without tears. And is there ever love without tears? The sight of someone sitting in the shade of a tree wiping away another's tears. What quiet beauty that is. Wow, that was lovely. Thank right. you. Now it's your turn. <laughs> It is my turn. And this would be a good one to um, end with. It's called Song of Parting, um, translated by Brother Anthony and Susan Huang. My dear, you're leaving. If you'd only leave just a little later, you'll not be too late for me to love you, even after you have left. I will leave ahead of you the place you are leaving and become a sunset glow bathing your departing back, straightening my clothes in the darkness where people's houses grow dark. I'll become a star singing for you. My dear, you are leaving. If you would only leave just a little later, you will not be too late for me to love you even after you have left. That was beautiful, my dear. And you have to leave immediately. Yes, but it will not be too late for you to love me. Yes, I will always then. love you, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in, and we'll see you again next Sunday. Okay, I'll be back next week with Christmas titles. Yay! Coming up next is today's roundtable. But first, let's listen to Big Phony singing Short Intermission. <laughs> 